Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. That is Logan Paulson. I am Craig Hoffman. Thank you so much for joining us ahead of Giants and Commanders this Sunday. Now, Logan, before we dive into the preview of this game, and what a banger it's going to be at (laughs) FedEx Field, um, we want to talk a little bit about the offensive strategy for the Commanders and offensive strategy in general. This is coming off of a conversation I had. Well, one, it's a conversation that we've been having kind of generally here. Um, but I took it to a different place, a different level, a nerdy level with Seth Walder from ESPN. Uh, Seth is their, uh, one of their, their analytics guys. He does a great job creating analytics-based content. He's kind of a must-follow, especially on Sundays on Twitter, if, if you're mm. still on Twitter, um, because he has like all these fourth down numbers and they should go for this or not go for that. And we also talked about team building and, and a lot of the other non-game-specific uh, analytics around football uh, but one of the things that we talked about, and we're going to have Seth on the podcast this offseason to like do an hour on this, is the intersection of scheme and the numbers. And I'm going to try to make this as efficient, ironically, as possible uh, in, in <laughs> kind of describing the, the conundrum we're trying to solve here. Um, but basically... For years, people have said like, oh, once we have the data, it's very clear that passing is more efficient than running. So the solution for more uh, more offense and better production is just pass the ball more. Do the thing that's better without doing the thing that, that you don't do, that is not as efficient. Well, what we all kind of agree on though is at some point, 
that starts to lose steam. Because if you pass the ball 100% of the time, the defense would play you a certain way if they absolutely knew that. We know that being one-dimensional is bad. It makes it very hard to move the ball. So at some point, there is a magical number, and it probably change, It definitely changes for each team, like your, you know, your ability to, to maximize your offense with Patrick Mahomes passing it versus Tommy DeVito, all due respect, are going to be very yeah. different numbers. But there's somewhere on the scale from 100% run to 100% pass, uh, is a number that maximizes your chances of moving the ball and scoring on offense. And I think Seth did a great job of talking about how that's an area that he really wants to study more is like the marriage of scheme and the analytics themselves. But before we dive into any numbers, Logan, like this is something you've thought about a lot as well as someone who knows the schematics and the X's and O's of football as well as anyone and also loves to dive into the data and kind of look and manipulate it um, to, to find out, you know, what's going on under the hood of an offense. So that's the, that's the broad general setup. Your turn to talk. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really, I mean, this is, this is something that if you could quantify this mathematically, you'd make a lot of money, I think. And I think one of the things that we've run into, um, and I, I don't know how your conversation went with, with this gentleman, but like one of the things you run into is there's like it's it's multifactorial there's many variables associated with it like so i mean just take the commanders and we were just messing around with some epa stuff and graphs and, and doing some composition in our production meeting before this started and you know the offense for the commanders based on that metric is pretty good like it's seventh in the league over the last couple of games and if you could take out the buffalo game i think it's probably even higher than that because like there's the game against the broncos where it was very very efficient the game against arizona which there's some turnovers in there so it probably brings it back down but seventh seventh ranked epa is probably pretty good obviously the yardage numbers are good all those different things but there's something else there right that we're trying to that you're trying to get to in terms of maximizing what the offense can be and what is a maximized offense and this is something that i've, I've kind of had conflicting thoughts about is is the is a maximized offense necessarily the most analytically efficient offense because when you look at san francisco for example i think that's a pretty good example they they kind of have this reputation of having this hyper-efficient offense. But they also understand the role that their defense plays in winning games. And so because they run the ball a ton, they have a lot of play-action pass, they insulate the quarterback quite a bit, like Kyle has made those decisions to max to maximize that version of that team as opposed to that version of that offense. Because I'm sure there's stuff that he would do and could do to score more points and get more yards. But is that is that what's best for that team? Is that's what's what's best for Brock Purdy? And so, in the context of this, in the context of this team and Sam Howell, one of the things that I keep coming back to, like, even while we were talking about it, is you know people want them to run the ball more. They want them to kind of again find this balance, find this tipping point offensively. And I think that there is probably some merit to that, increasing the running frequency. But one of the things that I run into when I look at the numbers with this team is they're not very efficient on first and second down running the football. I think they're 30th in the NFL over the last couple of weeks in EPA on, on rushes on first and second down. And that's not great because if you look at the data, first down is the easiest down to throw the football because everything's on the table. You can run, you can pass, you can run a screen, reverse, whatever you want, right? It's the first down of the drive. When you get to second and 10, it becomes significantly more challenging to to throw the football right because defenses now kind of say it's second and ten we got to protect the sticks let's get in a softer um 
softer, more compatible coverage structures with stopping the pass, right? So that's right. what happens. And then on third down, it becomes the worst, right? So I look at this and I say to myself, like, if you're not efficient on first down running the football and you're encouraging these second and 10 scenarios, you're not maximizing the offense. But like you hear guys like who are very, you know, kind of analytically driven, like the coach for the Chargers, for example, uh, Staley. And he's like, there is an advantage that is not quantifiable to running the football where you force guys to kind of in the week of practice have to, I have to prep for this run and this run. I have to learn how to take on a block and I have to diversify my skill set to, to maximize my defensive production. So there is this kind of weird tipping point and it's hard to determine. And I think that's what, why this is so fun to talk about is it's hard to know exactly what the best ratio is. Everyone says, you know, I can hear rooster right now. You got to run the ball more. You know, you've, you've been an advocate for that. Got to run the ball more, but I'm also, and I, and I kind of feel like you should run the ball more, but I'm also kind of looking at the numbers and saying, if it's not efficient, don't do it. You know, like, I mean, it's, well, it's right. not helping you. It's not helping you in the way that, that I think a lot of people think. Now you bring up a great point about this. And I'd like you to touch on that right now with regards to, you know, kind of subverting defensive expectation, running the football. Right. So there's, I would say two things. Uh, first, on a more simplistic level than the, the schematic subverting of expectations or whatever is, I think one of the ways you become more efficient is doing it, um, which I know sounds a little crazy, but like the, this, this is the thing about analytics in general. And this is like the biggest misnomer. I think the biggest misuse of analytics by most people. Um, analytics are a measure of what has happened not what will happen. Some of them are very good predictors of what will happen. But all all we can do with data is take what has already happened and quantify it. So it, by, by the nature of how the commanders have approached running the football the last three weeks, they are 30th in EPA. Had they, or EPA per rush attempt. Had they run the ball more, perhaps Brian Robinson busts a 40-yard run and that number looks very different. And so we don't know the counterfactuals here of like what would happen if they did it more and got more reps at it. Um, if they were, if they were smart in certain situations and took advantage of good running looks and like hunted, I think back to the, the Philadelphia game when the Eagles ran on a third and six against the commanders and got it because they had a wide open box and they were like, Oh, well shoot, if you're going to give us a first down, we'll take it. I think that was the Eagles who did that. So I like mean, the bears have done it. The Seahawks. Oh, no, that's who it, it was. It was the bears. The bears, it, yeah. the bears is the one I'm thinking about where it's like, it's third and six. You never run here. Well, you subvert expectations and you take, and it, it's, it's subverting expectations. And it's also taking advantage of the X's and O's in front of you of saying there's nobody in the box, if we can hit two blocks, we have an easy first down here. Let's take it. That's going to greatly help your EPA per rush. Um, and so that, that to me is, is kind of the magic here is how do you, like, how does the scheme, how does what teams are doing on first down, what teams are doing on second down based off the down and distance defensively affect what you do offensively. And we've talked about this quite a bit in terms of uh, also, personnel plays into this, right? Can you get in big personnel and throw the football because you have a schematic advantage? Can you get in light personnel, spread it out, and run the football because of the same reasons? And so these things, and Seth and I talked about this, and it's an area that he wants to study a lot more, but also an area where, you know, if you have high-level databases, you can actually manipulate this stuff and study it and say, like, okay, how, how efficient are we running out of four-receiver personnel, 
if you got four receivers and one back on the field, you can, as a team, they have access to this t- level of data and something that like a Eugene Chen would study uh, is the new you know, director of football or senior vice president of football strategy for the commanders, who's a, an analytics guy. Like, how efficient are we there? And those, those, it's not because you're in four wide receivers that you're like, oh, I know how to, I know how to run the football. Let's get all of our blockers off the field outside of our own line. It's because of how the defense responds. And mm-hmm. so if you, if you can manipulate that, which is something teams have been doing forever, just they haven't been quantifying it. It's like, how do we create a schematic advantage? That's been the whole history of the sport. Sure. Um, and then how does the, how do those numbers shift? So my, my hypothesis is uh, to take it back much more micro to the commanders that if they ran the ball a little bit more, they would be better at it. And they could also be better passing it and generate some more big plays because the defense would react in a certain way. Yeah, and I think that's the, to me, that's the million-dollar question and the thing that I kind of get caught up on. Like, obviously, if you run the ball more, you're going to be a little bit more efficient at it for some of the reasons you said. You get more practice at it, more reps in game, you get a better rhythm with it, you potentially could break a big run. And hopefully you're doing it smartly where you're doing it into good looks and good situations. 100%. But I think the thing that I would like to just push back on a a little bit, and and this is just food for thought, is does that make the offense more efficient? I know a more efficient run game makes the run game more efficient but does it make the offense more efficient? And I look right. at teams, like right now, I think that uh, the Tennessee Titans are a really good example. Like they are committed to running the football and they've been committed. And Derrick Henry is one of the best running backs in the NFL, but they're, they're, they, they run the ball a ton. They are usually leading the league in carries or close, probably top five, but their offensive efficiency is down because their rushing efficiency is down and they can't throw the ball on second and 10, the way they want to throw the football. And now that's a team construction idea. That's a philosophical approach, all those different things. But what I would say is in that situation, at this point of the year, what is this, week 11, right? Mm -hmm. Are you wasting reps trying to establish something that is making your offense worse in the short term? Like if you were to do this week one, two, three, four, five, kind of be committed to it, be okay with being in kind of some, you know, nosebleed type of games, black eye type of games, close, messy, like kind of poor offensive efficiency games to, to build to this, I think that's okay. I think when you look at Detroit, right, that's a team that, runs the ball very efficiently, they pass the ball very efficiently, but that's been part of their identity since day one. And I think that this is where I kind of get a little bit conflicted is obviously I want to run the ball more, you want to run the ball more. There's something there that we think is valuable, but also I'm like, if we're not efficient at it, you know, we're 30th in the NFL on first and second down in the first half of games over the last three weeks. Like that, that hurts the offense. Not good. That hurts the offense. So and it's like, yeah, uh, what you're saying, I totally agree with. Right, yes, and that, that assumes that you are staying with the same efficiency with more attempts. Um, which I, means- I mean, but 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 what I guess what I'm saying is like, if you are rushing to find efficiency, are the is the inefficiency to find the efficiency worth mm-hmm. the squeeze of a productive offense? Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Right. And that's, that's the question that I can't possibly, that we can't answer. No one can um, but answer, like right. my hypothesis is yes. My but, hypothesis uh, I, is that if you raise the percent, 
let's say one to three percent, three to five percent, right? We're not talking about a dramatic shift to a 60-40 or a 50-50, like hell no. Like you pass the ball to score in this league. And to be very clear, like I very much believe that. I'm talking about a micro shift to let's say 2% more runs that has, uh, yes, will you still have some some no hitters in there? Will you probably have a holding penalty in there on occasion? Sure, absolutely. But I think overall, you become more efficient running and passing. And that small shift in percentage one to the other would elevate. That's But that's a hypothesis. I, I can't so, know that. Again, like one of the games this year that I thought is a good kind of sample for this, I think it's the Philadelphia Eagles game the first time we played. Mm-hmm. I think we, aver- we had... 22 carries or something like that it was the most carries we've had in a year and obviously the offensive production was very good but one of the things we talked about in that game is specifically in the third quarter the second the rushing efficiency went bad right became less efficient the offense basically became totally inert we had like three consecutive three and outs so there there are samples within the season where we've rushed the football more times, but has the offense become more efficient in those situations is my question, right? And I think that I think in that game, it's probably like what you're describing, about a 5 to 7% increase in rush attempts. But is the offense does the offensive efficiency match that? Is it supported by that? And obviously, that's one game. You can't make any kind of drastic conclusions on one game. But I would say that no, you know, it didn't do that in that, sure. in that specific example. And again, like you're but talking. I would, with- I would counter with this weekend when the offense was at its worst in that second quarter. They went three and out three straight times and they threw it eight times and, and ran it once. And that to me, that's just general offensive efficiency. Like, I don't I'm not sure that if they were to run the football more, that offense becomes more efficient. Like, I think that that's the thing we're conflating here is like, I, I want good, efficient offense. Sure. And you're saying you believe that you get there by running the football more. I'm not sure you do. And now, obviously, in that in that specific example with Seattle, when they ran the ball efficiency in the start of the fourth quarter, you know, they had the 15, 14, five yard run like on consecutive plays. That's great. Those that's efficient offensive production. It leads to uh, it elevates everything. It elevates the EPA for the whole offense. Mm-hmm. But is it worth the squeeze in the first half of like taking a whole bunch of neutral stuff? And then not getting the result you want it would be my would be my thought there. Well, that just, again, and, and, like, and again, like and again, I, just to just to be clear for listeners, like Craig and I agree on like we agree. It's just I I am more I'm more tied to this efficiency of the run game, which we're not very efficient at the moment. So I feel like yes, you should run the ball more, but you need to be more creative and more innovative with the scheme, which was you're talking about, right? Like because right. I look at totally. teams that are good at running the ball. And you can tell schematically they've invested a lot of time here. And here, for and and again, this is an efficient offense by by the EPA metric. It's an efficient offense, but you can tell they haven't put that same level of thought and care into the run game that like a Detroit does or San Francisco or or, or whoever you want to talk about. The Baltimore is another one. So, right. No. So my just to kind of wrap this up, my big like theory, my big hypothesis here to use the scientific word is that there is a tipping point where there is a maximized, optimized run-pass ratio that actually gets the most out of your offense in total and that the commanders are below that number right now. Considering they are running the ball more than any team in the 21st century, or sorry, passing the ball uh, more than any team in the 21st century, 
I feel like that's not a crazy hypothesis um, because, no. and, and to be clear, Ben Standig wrote about this in The Athletic this week. They are literally passing the ball at 68.7%, I think is the number. There's only two other teams that are above 68%, and it's the 2013 Falcons who won four games and the 2006 Lions who won three. So these were teams that were down all the time and just threw like crazy because they were trying to get back in games as opposed to the commanders that are have been competitive and in like good game flow situations for a lot of their season, even if they've been on the wrong end of it at the end. I'd also say that like, you know, thank God they've stemmed the sack issue, but like earlier in the season, part sure. of this calculation is you want to see your EPA per play uh, number plummet, lose your starting quarterback. Like you want, you want to see a bad EPA per play. Look at Tommy DeVito uh, leading the New York Giants. So like, there's again, there's an, an almost endless number of factors here in terms of injury risk, in terms of scheme and how defenses react, in terms of your own personnel. Like, if you've got Saquon Barkley, your rushing stats are going to look one way, or the Eagles' offensive line, your stats sure. are going to look one way, and your efficiency is going to look different than if you've got whoever else. So there's endless numbers there's an endless number of numbers here um but my I, I think that the big takeaway here is that simply just passing the ball more because it's more efficient running is oversimplifying what the analytics actually tell you and that there is even if it's impossible to find with data and certainly with the data that's accessible to us there is a certain um like there's a certain schematic advantage to not being one dimensional that is worth running the football some amount. And what that number is, is, is an endless search for teams to find. I think that the commanders are below that number. I think you also think the commanders are below that number, but in order to uh, make that, or in order to truly optimize, like obviously they would have to change how they practice. They'd have to run, you know, change how they design their run game to actually make it worth running the ball even more than it would be just for some extra carries. Yeah, that's kind of where I where I fall on it. And I and again, like it's 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 hard to know because like we're talking about the other thing that is kind of tied to this is is you talk about oh, field position, sustaining drives, like you know, mm -hmm. in certain situations if you can back a team up offensively, um, you know, getting a six-play drive to a punt, like there's value there. However, like that value comes on converting first down. So what is the thing that helps me as an offensive coordinator? convert first downs. And right now for Eric Bieniemy, based on the numbers, and again, like you said, numbers are, they, they are, they are a collection of data. They're not predictive of anything. <clears throat> when you look at that stuff, it's passing the football and they, that's how they've built this thing. That's how they've, they've constructed it. So we talk about the scheme, we talk about perspective, offensive perspective. And it, to me, it's no surprise that this is where we're at, you know, like this is what we're doing. And I think they, they are, they are, they're not great running the ball. They, they don't commit a lot of resources to it. So do the thing that you've committed all this time and energy to. And that's what you're seeing on a week to week basis here. And ultimately, like it's been relatively efficient for them. And so, you know, like kind of, um, I know that's not the funnest thing to hear, but until you get until you until you kind of shift your offensive perspective, like this is going to this is going to be who this team is. And, um, and this is like maybe this is the most efficient way for them to run the ball. I know that seems crazy, and I don't totally agree with that, but I'm saying there is a it's it's possible. Yeah, there's I a will say this. You know, for full season, you know, first through fourth down, every quarter, or whatever, like every play this season, their success rate running the football is 14th. Like their top yeah. half of the league in success rate. They've um, had some big runs. Yeah, and that that helps. But like that's the thing is, you know, 
big, you can't get big runs if you don't run it. Um, and I do think it's wild. I know that they're like in plays of 20 plus yards, they're like eighth this year. So like they are generating explosive plays, um, within reason, but there seems to be a real hard cap on those explosive plays. They haven't had a 40 plus yard play to a wide receiver all year, which for considering they have like four or five guys that run four, three and a quarterback with absolute howitzer of an arm seems crazy that they haven't been able to take the top off a defense like that. I mean, that's one of the things about Kyle's offense. Like, they run the ball a ton. You get safeties in the box, and there is a little bit of boom and bust to this, but you get better matchups outside. You get better coverage structures. You kind of get them out of this, like, um, you know, kind of this amorphous cover three match, cover four match stuff that's really hard to identify and push the football down the field. You know, so there is something to that, but I also think that... That's my um, point. That's the thing I know that, that, is, that is your point, but I, that's not... That, it's that not that simple, one, but like that is, that is, there's, that there's is the one, hypothesis. There's one, that's one way to skin a cat, right? That's one way. EB's doing another version of that, and it doesn't lead to these explosive plays, but you get more plus 20-yard plays. Like You know what I'm saying? Like There is a give and take with everything you're doing offensively. So I think that's the thing that I get to also. And also, I think it's important to recognize that game flow has not been overly kind to them in terms of like this defense doesn't make a lot of stops, got to score a lot of points got to throw the ball a little bit more like that's also part of this is is it's not just it's not just offense it's team like there's a team element here like I look at San I keep going back to San Fran and Baltimore San Fran by the way who leads the league in EPA per play total for the season they and they find explosives but also they are insulated in terms of game flow because their defense is awesome Baltimore their defense is awesome right like they can kind of manage stuff it's okay if they punt it doesn't matter they don't have to score. There's not this pressure on the, on them offensively to like blow the doors off every single week because they can win a game 20 to 17 and that's happened to them a couple times this year. So I I think there's there's it's it's complicated, it's nuanced. I'm not sure what the right number is. They might be at it right now. It seems like they should run more, but I do feel like there's a when I watch the games there's a pressure on them offensively to score a lot of points because they kind of understand defensively what's happening here and, and yeah. again like that's this is why we could talk about this till the end of time because there's not a definitive thing right but i think we both agree that they probably should run the ball more i want them to be more efficient running the ball if they're going to commit resources to it Correct. it feels like it's too late to do that and and it's we can't know it because you need to like actually see them execute that so Right. Um, and I will say something else that we're not going to talk about now in part because it's like impossible. There is theoretically a way to quantify the offense defense tie. It's something I've thought about for a long time. Um, but I was asked Seth about it and he's like, there's not really anything that's definitive right now. You'd have to like manipulate a bunch of data. Um, but it, there does seem to be something there about teams. Cause like, you know, oh, if you run the ball, the defense gets to rest more. Well, not if you run it three times and are out. Like the, yeah. the even though the game clock runs, like real time, you don't get any extra bonus. Uh, you know, it's not a video game where you 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 got to collect a star and all of a sudden you're you're healthy again because the the offense ran the football. The real time elapse is the real time elapse. It does shorten the game though, so you probably get less plays overall. So that's like a whole other bucket. We'll have Seth Walter from ESPN on. Uh, later in the, or I guess in the off season to talk about all this for sure. Uh, so, uh, and if you want the, uh, the initial conversation between me and Seth, check out the Hoffman show podcast feed or check out the interview on my YouTube page at Craig Hoffman.